we have a fun one today. I'm looking forward to this one. I have a buddy, Will, here. He is going to be talking about Japan. This is something that he's pretty familiar with. He's lived there, visited a few times, and uh, I've always been fascinated with Japan and Tokyo and just kind of the culture and the lifestyle and... All my knowledge comes from Lost in Translation, so I've heard it's exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling and Lost in Translation. I expect it to only be that. Yeah. But uh yeah, looking forward to it. You've been uh you've been doing all right? Yeah, doing okay. Um it's groundhog year. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. Every week is pretty Seems much the same. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's still stuck inside. Uh I mean the election went great, right? I mean it's, it's gone smooth and Everybody's happy, and you know it's just it's it's good times. That's right, no problem. USA, everybody's quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, last time we recorded, we did a wrestling episode, which I swear we're still going to do part two one day. Well, we need time to do that one right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's that's when we were really into it. I mean ninety, I think we're going to do ninety five through two thousand on the next one, or maybe ninety six through two thousand. I don't remember, but. It's just finding time to research it. That's the thing. Yeah, so. you could practically do two hours for each year and still not scratch the surface. We'll sit here and talk about wrestling for three hours. So we're going to move on right. to uh, your time in Japan, man. Um, now, you and your wife, Jennifer, you guys took a vacation there, and that was your first time there, right? Yeah, about- we went back in uh, 07. Okay. Um, That's 07? when I remember. No, wait. No, no. I'm sorry. 08. 08. Hmm. So you guys, I mean, is that that's just kind of a that was kind of a bucket list place you wanted to visit, and you were like, you know, we're going to save up and go, or? Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like I'd been super interested since I was in high school, mm. and um, but never imagined being able to actually go over there because it's kind of expensive. And um, yeah, yeah. If we rewind it, like going going back to it, like when we were in uh, college. Um, saw a flyer for something called the jet program, which is basically a teaching program where they bring in uh, foreign English speakers to teach in the schools. Yeah. And so that was kind of mind blowing when I just saw that flyer, like in um, George T. Madison hall at Louisiana tech, um, <laughs> like, wait a second, I could get a job over there and they'll like fly me over and give me a place to stay. Like, that's crazy. Because oh, they, otherwise they like hook you, hook you up completely. They fly you oh, over and sure. everything. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, for, yeah. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's pretty shocking when you're just a college student with no money and you're like, <laughs> well, I'm never going to be able to go across the world. That's going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, but l- yeah, luckily, fast forward, uh, I guess it was 08 and uh, we we had uh, good jobs and no children. And so we were like, let's do this. And uh, that, <laughs> that was also the same year. Like there was like sort of the housing bust in America. And there was the, I don't know if you remember, the stimulus checks back when uh, Bush was in office. 12, I think every 1200 bucks or yeah. something like that for every American adult. And so uh, we used ours to <laughs> go on a f- trip to a foreign country. <laughs> Stimulate that, the American economy. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was probably the plane ticket for each of you. Literally, it was yeah. it was really expensive. At that point, though, we had kind of made up our minds. I think we were looking and it was like six, seven hundred bucks. And so we were like, wow, let's do this. And then uh, once we kind of nailed the schedules down where when we could both miss work, it was like 1100 bucks a pop. And <laughs> at that point, we we're like, ah, we just got to do it. Put it on the credit card. Yeah. So once you got there, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you probably researched it pretty well beforehand. It wasn't necessarily just a uh, 
let's go to Japan type situation. I mean, I, like for me, like if I was going to Japan, I mean, it would be that would be a job. <laughs> I mean, I well, would for real. I would have spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I did, and it was pre um, it was pre smartphone, so we had our little flip phones, uh, and so all I could do was uh, print out like maps, Gosh. took a compass, like <laughs> like <laughs> did I t- I do pr- I do uh, like printouts from a uh, Google Street View on uh, like on my computer, so like I knew what areas would look like a pirate's compass. Just for real, I had a, like a, a binder full of stuff. Uh, as as Mitt, Mitt Romney might say, I had a binder full of <laughs> binder. maps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, I mean that's before you know translation apps. And I mean you don't think about stuff like that. I mean, almost like thinking about going to a for- any foreign country right now without a translation app on your phone yeah. is just scary as heck to me. Oh, for you sure. Know? Like you're gonna get it dropped be- in Mexico City or <laughs> yeah. Bombay or something like that with no app and no it, way to talk to people. It would be really intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't, and we didn't really have much knowledge. Like, well, Jennifer had no Japanese knowledge. Um, at that point, I hadn't like, I had only studied it a, a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just knew like greetings and stuff like that, and yes, no, and goodbye, and hello, and yeah, sorry, and some of those just basic tourist level stuff i think i would learn sorry the very first time like, it's, just, it's, that's sorry. the most well and we can get to it more later but that's probably the most useful word in japan because i can imagine they like i forget like i've i've heard the number of how many times a day that people say sorry over there but you're literally constantly apologizing and bowing like oh i'm sorry to bother you oh i'm sorry to like go first i'm sorry yeah to well, way. I mean, <laughs> you know respect is such a huge thing and you, or, or maybe guilt is such a huge thing over there i don't know you just well, it is <laughs> yeah and and we might get into it more later that's like in america like the idea of like sort of shame for anything is, is sort of being attacked and eliminated but over there yeah. shame and kind of guilt is that's a big thing yeah yeah well, I mean, it's just part of the culture. And I mean, I, you know, they've been better off for it, I think. I mean, you know, we, we look at places like that with a lot of envy because I, I know I do. I know a lot of times I'm like, you know, I wish we were like that. You know, I wish we had that type of shame that we were so uh, conscious. I can't talk conscientious of what we do, how it can affect others. And I mean, I, that's just something that's non-existent here. And I don't know. It, it. I think it served them well. I mean, but then again, yeah. I think there is another side to it that a lot of people don't realize. And I think you might touch on that later as far yeah. as, you know, maybe the more unsavory side to certain things. But uh, we could touch on that a little bit later. So, yeah. okay, you you get on the airplane. What is it, like an 18-hour flight or something? <sighs> Let's see. I think we flew direct from uh, um, DFW to Narita Airport, which yeah. you've probably heard Narita, like, it's, it, I think a lot of people have heard of Narita Airport. It's the old airport outside Tokyo. Um, yeah. That's the one that all the wrestlers flew into <laughs> over the years. So I'd always hear about, oh, we landed in Narita. Yeah. So it was it was exciting to land there that first time. But I think it's about 14 hours direct. Okay. And that sucks. Um, well, you've flown international, right? I've never flown international, no. Oh, really? No, okay. I've never been out of the country. Yeah, I was I was lucky that one of my uh, coworkers had traveled over there before, and he kind of gave me some tips. Uh, he was like, "You got to get up and walk as much as you can, like every hour. Oh yeah, drink a ton of water because like what'll end up happening is when you're sitting there with all that pressure and all that stuff, uh, like 
the blood rushes to your legs and your legs will get all swollen and people yeah. get like blood clots and crazy stuff. Well, I can imagine. Um, yeah. So we did that. The other thing, his other tip for international travel was like, as soon as you get on that plane, change your watch to the country you're going to and then oh. just start doing whatever you would do in that time zone. Like if they'd be asleep, you got to make yourself go to sleep. You know, That's that kind a of good thing. idea. Yeah. It was it was a good call, but the, even then, still, it sucks to be in a chair for fourteen hours. <laughs> you can, like you can only watch like Spider Man three so many times. <laughs> the worst one, I know. No. <laughs> I think I had to watch it three times on the way over there. Oh gosh, I know. Like I, I would be completely screwed up for probably the first like two to three days. Like the time yep. change really messes me up. I mean, if it's three hours difference, I'm usually in the twilight zone, you know. But uh. Yeah, it would definitely take some time uh, for I think it's it's 14 hours ahead, like when we're like kind of in the summer, like and then once daylight savings time kicks in, like right now, then it's they're 15 hours ahead. Yeah. So it's it's screwy. It's screwy. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, we took the flight, got over there, uh, uneventful, landed. And that was pretty cool feeling to finally land over there. You traveled in time. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'd wanted to I'd wanted to go like so bad for like at least 10 years and so it was like, wow, finally here. Is it like, I mean, cuz I I can imagine like going going overseas to other places like I don't know, for some reason Japan to me is just a it's another world. I mean, it's just an absolutely yep. other planet, I would imagine. Yep. Um everything's just the opposite of what we do it seems. And I mean, I just landing there, hitting the ground would feel like I'm just like Nothing that I deem normal is going to occur while I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's very, very different, I can uh, imagine. So I, I know I always – I got such a kick out of looking at all your pictures. And I know you guys actually documented your trip really well um, yeah, through, like, blog posts and stuff like that. So I always enjoyed checking those out. But um, so did you have, like, a regular hotel or did you have, like – what did they did did you did you have a pod (laughs) oh gosh no um yeah i would get really claustrophobic like in those kind of tiny places um yeah we rented a um we got a private room uh at a hostel okay um so hostels are super popular over there for people that are sort of yeah like basically like young foreign tourists because they're i guess they're usually cheap like 20 or 25 bucks a night or whatever but ours might have been more like 50 a night or something since it was a private room with like its own like bathroom and shower and all that kind of stuff um yeah so we got that and we what we decided on that one was like well we're not gonna be able to travel all over the country we're like all right we're gonna spend like seven days or whatever it was in tokyo and see as much of tokyo as we can yeah um so we stayed in that yeah hotel for i guess the full seven days yeah um yeah so that that night so i guess kind of rewinding like for the trip like with all the planning i was like well i got to see as many wrestling shows as i can um yeah and so um but like i wasn't like like if we kind of rewind further back into the 90s some of the the companies that i liked um were no longer really in business Mm -hmm. um like who like, uh, I was like, I, I liked, uh, all Japan, all Japan. Yeah. Um, that's the only one I could think of. And uh, FMW, 
Um, <laughs> like, um, you wanted to see some of that hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, honey, I'm going to. You want to go see a uh, exploding piranha match tonight? <laughs> <laughs> there was a piranha match. Have you seen that? Uh, I have seen, I've seen the clip. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that was, uh, that was uh, yeah, big Japan pro wrestling. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to see whatever we could see, um, and so what we ended up doing was we um, we landed, and uh, you know it takes like an hour or something to go through customs and get your bags and all that stuff, yeah. and so we were going to a show that first night, and so literally we took the fastest train we could to get to our hotel, quickly dropped our stuff off, and then immediately. <laughs> got on another train to go to see a show that night. And that show was in, it was in Shinjuku, which is a very well-known neighborhood, lots of bright lights. Hmm. But the uh, venue I found out was actually in the red light district. Oh, which is well, called Kabuki Cho. Different kind of show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the wrestlers might've uh, personally uh, picked that one. I don't know. It's uh the uh the show we went to the first night it was um I think the venue is called Shinjuku Face now F A C E E yeah. but uh it used to be called Shinjuku Liquid Room and all the 90s American rock bands would play there. The um, Liquid Room. Um yeah so like if you looked it up on YouTube you'd see Foo Fighters, Oasis, awesome. Nirvana like all those bands would come in and they'd play that place and um <laughs> We're going to go to the uh, liquid room in Tokyo. Yeah. It's, and, uh, yeah, it's a small place. But, yeah, and that, um, so, yeah, we ended up having to go through the red light district, which was um, very interesting. And that's where <laughs> we saw, like, right off the bat, um, Yakuza. We saw the uh, gangsters. Really? Yeah, so they, they pretty much control the, like, kind of the vice trade in the country. So anything yeah. that's sort of illegal or sort of questionable uh morally then uh yakuza kind of usually controls it and so yeah you'd see these guys out in front with their slicked black hair and their black suits and uh like uh the tattoos kind of poking out and around here, their neck here uh, come a couple of sleep. white americans trying <laughs> yeah hey, well fellas? that's the interesting thing because it was a couple because it was a man and a woman and we were foreigners like nobody talked to us or anything like that mm. um yeah but uh, the interesting thing was, like, well, we couldn't read anything. Um, so we're trying to find this place in the dark, <laughs> and we're going to be late. And I think we saw a dude wearing a T-shirt, like, that was some kind of, like, wrestling T-shirt. And we're like, hey, excuse me, sorry, do you know where this Shinjuku face place is? We're trying to go to a show. Yeah. And the dude walked us all the way there and wow. took us up the elevator took us to like the entrance like everything and we're just like oh my gosh this is service <laughs> isn't it kind of crazy or i mean i think it's sad really that as americans we find that so fascinating yeah. because it just seems like like being nice you know mm -hmm. and just being hospitable is like that's so above and beyond you know and more than we would expect and i mean you know there's people who are that would probably do that but yeah but just i don't know it's, it's kind of sad that we, you know, anything, any small thing we consider to be so awesome, you know? Yeah, or we would be like, hey, wait, this guy's going to try to rob me or, <laughs> like, kidnap me or He's something. He's being too nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. It, that, that's, uh, that's common virtually anywhere in Japan. Like, if you're lost, just ask somebody and I'm they'll, sure they're they'll used take to you it. wherever. Yeah. yeah, or they're, or they're kind of happy to, like, 
yeah, they're just happy to help or maybe practice some English or you know, yeah. whatever. They kind of it, like one thing I found out later, some of that sort of thing is um, it is people being nice, but also there is sort of that shame thing that comes back into play where it's like, ah, I don't want to just be like, eh, I don't know where to find it or I can't speak English or whatever. <laughs> so there's kind of that shame of like, oh, I, I better help them. I don't want to kind of look stupid or look like a jerk. Bad karma. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But anyway, um, yeah, I went to that show, and that's the show where I actually uh, ended up being involved in the main event. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. That's Okay, before we started the show, I, would, I kept thinking of something. I'm like, there's something that he told me. Oh, that's right. I did But he you. didn't. I said, save it. Yeah. But, uh, and I was like, we have to bring that up on the show. I'm glad you just said that because that's what it was. Did yeah, you... We- throw something in the ring or something <laughs> no i did get to touch the ring later um now it was so the, the company was uh, a short-lived company called el dorado but they were um they're affiliated with dragon gate which is still in existence and i think they're like maybe one of the like number two or number three com- com- wait companies in the country yeah uh and so i guess it was originally founded by like ultimo dragon back in the day oh wow. so it's it's kind of light heavyweight guys lots of kind of lucha high flying stuff mm-hmm. so it was a really fun show and that venue probably holds a couple hundred people so we're basically like fourth row oh nice and uh it was awesome uh but in the main event um in the main event uh like the uh the heels the bad guys uh they were like wild and crazy and uh kind of they were kind of bigger like they were basically heavyweight size and they were brawlers and so right off the bat like they throw the um they throw the good guys outside the ring and they're just going through the crowd like knocking down all the chairs <laughs> and uh, it's like getting crazy because we don't know what to expect and we're right there Wait a minute. How how did your wife react to this? Uh, we were like, we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, like there was there was some concern. We're in Japan. <laughs> That's right. And we're literally we've only been in the country for a couple hours at that point. We've Where already like gone me? through the yeah. red light district. <laughs> you walked the through mob. the mob. You've seen the uh, the. Uh, Yakuza, I think it. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The red light uh, district, and now uh, there's some wrestlers brawling near you. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so they <laughs> they make their way around to us, and we're kind of on an elevated platform. And um, like one of the heels, this big guy, he's probably about your size, actually. He he yeah. chunks one of the uh, the good guys through a, a whole bunch of chairs and knocks him down in front of us, and then he <laughs> happens upon me standing there with my wife behind me. <laughs> And then everybody starts staring at us, and he's standing there looking at us, and we're like on the stage, oh, and he looks great. at me, and he's like, Ugh, "American," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking I can't remember any language. I'm like, I stuck my hand out, and I'm like, <laughs> shook his hand. <laughs> And he kind of gr- looked at me and shook my hand and grunted, and then went back to pounding on the uh, the good guy. <laughs> well, even he was hospitable. That was it. Was yeah, they're very polite, very polite heels. Um, yeah. The sad thing is, I've I've looked subsequently, and um, I couldn't find a tape of that show. Really, um, I could find like a tape of the show before it or after it, but not that show. And I desperately wished I could find that oh, video man. where I'm on video in the middle of the match. You're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me the exact date after this, so we can I can do some research on that too. Because I mean, okay. this has to be found. It would be awesome. <laughs> it would that would be a treasure. If my wife could find it, that'd be a Christmas gift. Oh, it'd be perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we went to that and, um, and then, um, then it was like raining and we had to go get McDonald's. So our first real meal in Japan was McDonald's, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was a little different. I mean, uh, the sizes. Yeah. That's one thing that's kind of interesting really? is, um, yeah, the sizes are always one or two sizes smaller. Hmm. Uh, a kid, like an adult hamburger over there would be like a kid's hamburger here. A large drink over there would be like our small. That's just offensive. They um, give you like three ice cubes. <laughs> really? Yeah. So if if you order a Coke somewhere, um, which is handy because there's not a whole lot of soda choices, it's like you get a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. yeah. Um, but yeah, you get like three ice cubes. Hmm. But you get a whole lot of soda. Yeah. Well, it's just not going to be super cold. It's going to be cool. So did it did it take you guys I mean how long did it take you to kind of uh adjust to the time difference? I mean, was that pretty hard or Hmm. That would have killed a whole day for me. Honestly. Um I th- I think we were okay. I think we did the right thing on the like switching our clocks and sleeping on the plane. Um, okay. That was a really good idea. Yeah. And um I, I think we we stayed up late that night, um, or, you know, probably midnight, and then I think we were able to go to sleep pretty easily and then hit the ground running the next day. Well, after that first day. With the- <laughs> yeah. Actually, I take that back. We did not sleep on the plane. That's the trick, is not sleeping on the flight over. And so oh, okay. at that point, what you end up doing is you end up forcing yourself to stay awake for... You're exhausted. Over, Yeah, you're basically awake for anywhere from 24 to 36 hours. Mm-hmm. And so that first night's sleep, you just, you're out like a rock. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as your, as far as your itinerary, I mean, what, what you kind of came up with, was it more of the, you know, the standard, you know, touristy type stuff or were you kind of looking for more obscure spots or places to eat maybe, or. Yeah, it was, you know? I think it was more obscure um, because yeah. we weren't look at it we weren't looking like the standard tourist that's like uh let me think and so tokyo they're like nowadays people are probably going to go to what's it the um what do they call that Saksadori, i think you anyway, know there's a place like a temple with a gigantic red lantern that's on the cover of like every tourist book I, yeah i think i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah like we didn't go to that and we wanted to go to more of the kind of the pop culture stuff because, uh, like, yeah. leading up to then, that was '08. We'd been watching uh, Ninja Warrior a bunch on TV. I remember seeing pictures of that. You tried the course out, didn't you? I did. And, yeah. And not to be confused with like the American Ninja Warrior that's on NBC. That was back uh, when there was the G4 network, and they would show. Yes. They would just show the Japanese Ninja Warrior show, Dude, which was G- called Sasuke. Love G4. What was the other one? Uh, oh, Kunoichi War- Unbeatable Banzuke was the other one is that the one they did the voiceovers uh yeah that's right yeah 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 okay people were walking around on like pogo sticks and (laughs) walking on their hands and stuff all that crazy stuff yeah yeah but yeah ninja warrior uh they had a they had a course in uh odaiba island which is this island that's out in tokyo bay that they made and it's it's very kind of western there's a shopping mall that had like they had like old arcade games from the 80s which is awesome and uh nostalgia stores in there it was cool oh, and yeah dude. they had a ninja warrior course and uh, i got to do it and i failed miserably <laughs> like it was what was the first was it the mm. one i think wasn't it like the crank or something that you 
Yeah, that's right. Well, the cool thing was like they had this video, like they had this music while we were waiting in line, and it was uh, Eminem "Lose Yourself." So anytime <laughs> I hear that song, I'm thinking like, you're right, I'm so pumped. You were so pumped up. <laughs> that's right, Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> boom yeah but yeah there was the hand crank and what i found was the trick is um not what i did like i let my arms hang and and then oh, it was yeah. like that's impossible because you can't like really push up when you're like that and so that's why i realized on the show they kind of pull themselves up so you're kind of uh i don't know how to describe it but well, major upper body strength i mean yeah so it's a little easier to pedal so i did yeah. that and my arms were shot and then uh <laughs> They had, uh, what did they do? Like the, um, shoot, I can't even remember all the stuff. There's a video on Facebook of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was worn out. Um, they had the salmon ladder, which is the thing where there's like the pipe and then you're supposed to like kind of jump up and, um, uh, get on these, like, um, it's almost like a gun rack or something and you have to keep going up. Like, and then, yeah, that was impossible. I got no Jeez. upper body strength. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be in pretty good over the top shape for that for sure i think you you need to be like kind of a gymnast basically <laughs> small weigh nothing and have like great upper body strength. yeah yeah well i mean um, yeah so pretty that was your first day kind of out like after the night before I, maybe or, I, can't, yeah. I can't remember we also took the uh there's a cruise on a really there's there's some cool rivers there uh that go through tokyo that people wouldn't expect that yeah there's rivers there and you can take river cruises and that's how we kind of ended up there. Uh, we passed by like the famous fish market that all the tourists mm-hmm. go to. Um, we passed by the, um, have you seen the golden turd? <laughs> I have not, but yeah, now oh, I want kidding. to. Um, if you Google it, um, it's one of the breweries in Japan, one of the beer companies. Um, they've got this giant gold colored squiggly thing. Um, in front of their giant headquarters, which is on the on the Ooh. river there, and so you see it. Japan does kind of have a fascination with that. They actually do. Um, <laughs> there, I there, the, there's a isn't there like a there's like a toilet? Or no, there was like a. I might be wrong about this. I thought there was like a museum centered around that or something. There actually is. I've seen the pictures. Okay, I, I, if I remember correctly, I think maybe like the word or the symbol in in their language for basically for poop is sort of like um lucky or luck and so that's why poop is basically associated with luck with luck <laughs> yeah man uh let me see if i can find a, a picture for you real quick I'll, I'll show it on the screen yeah i mean this is something you gotta see <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> you know, if you, you didn't get a souvenir of that or anything, they didn't. No, have that, they didn't have that on like a lighter or something. Or I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can get let off me, and uh, get that. Let me ask you this: I mean, is it? Do they do they kind of center themselves? I mean, do they? What am I trying to say? Um, do they base a lot of stuff around? tourists i mean like do you do you see like tokyo japan shops or you know get your tokyo japan shirt and all like kind of like new york does or california or is it basically like this is this is where we live this is our culture come visit but be respectful we're not gonna it's both like gonna uh, gaudy it up necessarily 
Yeah, you could kind of. It's uh, New York is probably a good comparison, like because you've got okay. places like Central Park and or what do you call it? No, uh, Times Square in New York that's totally catered to tourists, full of yeah. tourists. But then you could go to like Upper West Side or whatever, and it's just where people live. Uh, so it's the same thing in Tokyo. There's like a couple neighborhoods that are. You go there and it's like the tourists outnumber the natives, and there's lots of foreign restaurants and fo- foreign clothing stores and lots of tourist, you know, Tokyo merchandise. And then the next stop on the train is just a quiet, sleepy neighborhood that <laughs> regular people live in. Like, those are, you, to me, those are the more fun ones. Are there sections that you would say you would always go to and you would be like, I'm guaranteed to see another American pretty much? Or. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, okay. uh, Shibuya, which is uh, like in Lawson's translation, that's where there's that famous crosswalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the dinosaur and the digital screen behind That's it. right, and the clear umbrella, and it's raining. Yeah, that's uh, that's Shibuya. And when I think of foreigners in Tokyo, I think of there. Um, yeah. It's so crowded at night, and it's full of foreigners, and they're usually like Europeans with their down jackets and their humongous backpacks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really loud, and I I kind of loathe it. Like it's okay if you're a tourist, but then once once you have lived there, you're like, oh shoot, I don't want to see any foreigners. Like, <laughs> get out of here, tourists. You become one. You don't like all the Americans. You're like the yeah. you're like the wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to fast forward too far, but yeah, you kind of you start kind of you're you was it like reverse racism or something like that? <laughs> like, oh, uh, it's dang. another. White American. Yeah. That's right. Oh, those white people. Oh, they're probably gonna be loud in the mouth. <laughs> I can imagine you get used to the culture over there, man. And mm. I don't know. I mean, it comes off as very pleasant to me. I'm just yeah, very envious of all of it. And yeah. um, but yeah, we went to. Uh, let me think of some other cool. Pl- There's Akihabara, which is really that's the that's the kind of the nerdy neighborhood uh, with all the video games and electronics and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I've seen arcades. I've, I've seen some of the videos as far as, um, you know, some of these game stores. And it's it's so fascinating because, like, they're really little. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like I saw one where, like, you just – you're in this really tiny stairwell, basically. And each, like, floor has this other small room with, like, any game you can possibly imagine in any system. I mean, just rare, weird stuff, you know. And it just – it seems – I don't know. It just seems like a lot of fun. It seems like you could also spend a ridiculous amount of money there. The The interesting thing there is they really love new stuff. And so old stuff is typically cheap. Um, oh, really? So people are usually kind of, they usually take care of their stuff and they're usually kind of thrifty and practical. And so they'll resell it. Yeah. And so if you're a foreign tourist going over there, it's a gold mine for some of that stuff because like used video games or like any of that stuff is probably half the price of what it would be here. And like the same thing for me as a guitar player, I would go get like effects pedals there that were like half the price of what they would cost in America. And it was great. And it wasn't because of the exchange rate. It was just because people don't value used stuff as much over there. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, for sure. You can go get yeah lots of, well, at least domestic, which for them would be, Japanese games, yeah, you can get all those really cheap. I kick myself for not bringing back a uh, Japan Market N sixty four. Oh, that would have been awesome. They probably have a bunch of custom ones too. Yeah, I, I, I've got pictures of they had all the colorful ones, and um, yeah, they have. A, there's a, there's a really cool one for like uh, when they did when they came out with the GameCube. There's like ones for the baseball teams. There's like oh really? 
like with the logos and the jersey kind of patterns and stuff on the GameCube system. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you end up getting anything like game related or um no, not really, not when I lived there later or as a tourist. Uh um, Yeah. I take that back. When I I went this year, this dreadful year of 2020, um <laughs> and I did uh, go to the big uh, Nintendo store that's in Shibuya and I picked up some stuff for my kids. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, they got a ton of they have ton of pokemon stuff there i think so the, there is there's i i saw the pokemon store there and then i know there's like pokemon cafes and some other kind of mega shops for pokemon stuff my little boy would just be so thrilled he he recently got into pokemon so we're oh. we're dealing with that yeah <laughs> very cool yeah right now well actually i've been seeing the pictures all over social media right now the the big uh, donut chain there has lots of pokemon themed donuts oh really and so, like, I'm just seeing tons of them on social media, the pictures of them. Their donuts are actually really good. We uh, we tried them uh, on the, back in 08, and then once we lived there, yeah. we would always get donuts when we went to the station. They're, um, they use rice flour, hmm. and so the donuts end up being, like, if you think of an American donut, um, they're, they're really soft and squishy. Yeah. Um, like they're full of air uh, and fluffy, but like the ones over there in Japan are more chewy hmm. and they're not as sweet. So what that really ends up meaning is you can eat a lot more of them because they're not as sweet. Like there's not as many calories. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and they're chewy. So you can kind of, they, they kind of, they're, well, have you seen them before? I think so. They're, they're more, they're, they're kind of flat, aren't they? They're not as they're, well. They're bumpy. They're they're basically bumpy. like it's okay. it's it's a ring, but they're like kind of like little balls, and so you can kind of break them off and eat them. Like imagine a donut made of a ring of donut holes. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Nice. So I mean, as far as like other like unique stores or something, I mean, I, I can imagine. I know there's a lot of electronic stores, and um, yeah, I I can remember. Like I said, I can remember p- pictures being posted. This might have been when you lived there, though. Um. You know, there, there's always like the T-shirts with the random American words on them that are usually inappropriate. <laughs> that I guess it, it. I mean, it's the same thing here where we see T-shirts with like you know Japanese. Oh yeah, words on it. No one knows what that says. I mean, you know. Yeah, it could say refrigerator or <laughs> idiot or so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming it's kind of the same situation. Um, yeah, like, uh, well, we can get into it later on the English level, but a lot of times. They, I mean, they can read it, but they kind of don't care. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it just looks kind of cool. Um, but like my favorite, like all time, and I think I posted this on Facebook one time. I was like, I can, I can go to Nagoya, which is the, the big city that was near where I lived later. And I can see more F words on t-shirts there <laughs> in a few hours than I would in my entire life in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And my favorite was I was sitting in like a a nice pizza restaurant uh, mm-hmm. in Nagoya, and there was like a mom and her like a probably teenage daughter there, so middle aged lady. They're nicely dressed, like stylishly, and the uh, the mother had on like what looked like a nice like sweater or something like that. But on the front of it, it said, and it said it uncensored, "F this shh up." <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is, I think you would see that here, and it would be, you know, 
<laughs> that's great. I mean, and it's it's an innocent thing. I'm assuming. I mean, yeah that 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 50 year old lady wasn't about to trash the place. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I I think your wife especially used to post them randomly on Facebook. Like she would come across them in stores all the time or something. And she would always post like a random one. And I just thought they were fascinating. I thought that was so funny. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's great. Um, So as far as, as far as things you came back, I mean, did, did you guys come back with a lot of souvenirs or was it more of a experience type situation where you just, I think it was an experience situation. The other thing is it's a very cash based country, uh, especially if we're talking back in like Oh eight, like your American credit card was useless pretty really? much huh. uh, back then. Like I think maybe it would work in maybe at a big electronic store or something like that. But otherwise you had to spend cash, which that's bit me on every trip that I've gone over there because <laughs> typically you got to exchange as much cash as, um, as you think you're going to use. And then, Sometimes if you run out of cash, you're like, you're screwed. <laughs> you're really out of luck. And so, um, yeah, I don't think we really bought much in the way of merch. Um, uh, we did go to another wrestling show. Um, we went to, finally went to Kurakan Hall, which is like the, probably the most famous like sports arena in the country, or at least for wrestling it is, because literally there's at least one or two shows going every day of the year ever really wow um i think it seats probably 1500 maybe 2000 uh but yeah we saw a show there so i got to see um jushin liger for the first time so that was pretty cool um of course you had to go there was you had to go early that day and choose a ticket like choose a seat and pay cash for your seat for your paper ticket yeah doesn't that sound quaint (laughs) The more simpler times, yeah. That's right. It's more simple. <laughs> um, and we got to see the Tokyo Dome, which was really cool. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, that was super cool. And uh, getting to sit in Kurikon Hall. But, yeah, so I think we used up a lot of our money on various tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other experiences would be uh, we got to go to a baseball game. Um, I would love to do that over there, yeah. It's uh, much like everything else. It's a totally different experience. Um, we went with uh, a guy. He was a friend of that coworker I'd mentioned earlier. Um, and um, he lived uh, outside Tokyo. And uh, like we were able to get in contact with him by email. And uh, he met us in uh, Yokohama, which is a um, suburb of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Kind of like kind of like Fort Worth is, would be sort of like a, a good-sized suburb of Dallas. Um, anyway, we met him there and saw, uh, saw the baseball team play and, uh, he had great seats. And the interesting thing there is it's almost like a high school football game where each opposing fan sit on different sides of the stadium and don't That's mix. Great. They should probably do that here. That would be a great idea. You'd probably cut down on fights and all that. So, so many fights could be avoided, yeah. And plus, you'd be buddies with the people around you because you're all supporting the same team. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, remember the teams that played? Uh, there's Yokohama Bay Stars, um, and then the uh, the the team they were playing against was the uh, what do you call them? Henshin Tigers, which is the Osaka baseball team. So Osaka is a city sort of central to Western Japan, and it would be similar to. It's almost similar to like Chicago and Philadelphia, New Orleans mixed together. It's sort of like. More blue collar, that's a heck loud, of a mix. Yeah, comedy, <laughs> food. People are kind of more. 
I don't want to say obnoxious, not obnoxious, but they're more loud and boisterous and lively and stuff. Yeah. And so he was a fr- he was a fan of Henshin Tigers. So we sat on their side. So we were sort of we were on the away team side. And that crowd was louder and more enthusiastic and larger than the home team side. Oh, gosh. Uh, so it was really exciting. Um, yeah, the fans, too, they, like, prepare and do, like, choreo- not chore- Well, sort of choreograph, like, chants and cheers and <laughs> really? songs for every player. Every player apparently has a song. And with a particular, <laughs> like, kind of clap or stomp for each player. So every time they'd come up to bat, the fans were pumped and they were singing that player's song that is awesome yeah it's pretty cool yeah i mean it's kind of nice to see participation like that the other thing was you could uh it kind of shocked us because this is 08 and this was post 9 11 post patriot act and everything was super secure and maybe overly security in america and so we were shocked because there like we bought food outside the stadium walked into the stadium there was no security no metal detectors no armed guards we just walked in there and sat down and started eating our food that we bought outside openly you could bring in like drinks and food from outside oh wow zero security no guards no metal detectors no scans or wands or bag searches pretty cool that's awesome (laughs) Such a such a simple thing bringing outside food is such (laughs) I know yeah 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 well, cool, man. Yeah, I seeing a seeing a baseball game over there would be a lot of fun. That that's definitely something I would make you know one of my priorities. Um, it's worth it for the crowd. I would say that the quality of the baseball playing was not good. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, more of the experience. I mean, it was it was sad. It was like, man, some of these pitches aren't making it across the plate. <laughs> oh, really? It was. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was it was almost like watching a, a high school baseball game or something like that. <laughs> Pad News Bears or something. Yeah. Uh, my perception is that those Japanese players that make it to America are maybe the best of the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of weed them out. Yeah, they're they're not all that awesome. <laughs> now, as um, as far as like, I mean, did you have any incidents? like on this trip in particular that you would consider to be just hardcore culture shock. Like, I mean, I know you've mentioned a few things, but is there anything that you're just like, I can't believe you're able to do this here? Or, I mean, I know you mentioned the food, but just something, you know, more in the line of like, Hmm. That's Um, amazing. You know, probably the security, um, at the time was culture shock because at that point for my job, I had been doing a lot of traveling around America. So I'd been through a lot of airports flying Yeah, and I was just struck by just all the security stuff that was going on in America at the time. And so when we went over there, it was like, for instance, on the, um, on any of the trains or any of the, like the, um, like the high speed trains, the bullet trains, Hmm. you just walk on there there's i don't think there's no not even seat belts you just get on there there's no security there's no x-rays there's no bag searches no no none of that stuff and uh, so you just you're just kind of treated like an adult is how i felt at the time yeah people like on the train you you'd see people drinking a beer on the subway and that was okay because they weren't like causing anybody any trouble and there was like there weren't like armed cops walking around. It was just it, it felt like people were expected to behave, so people behaved. So it was, was even the airport situation different? I mean, so there was, um, and it was amazing. Like you got over there, and it was just like 
you're waiting like, oh, I'm going to get patted down. They're going to go through all my stuff. Nope. <laughs> they just looked at really? you, stamped your passport, and off you go. Wow. So it was it was very different, very different. And you and you notice that on the return trip because as soon as you like fly into LAX or something like that or or even DFW, That's it's an, like it's reverse you get some culture, culture shock. shock. Yeah, <laughs> you're like oh, or the man. yeah or the service on the planes by the stewardesses. You're like, whoa, what's what's with the attitude? Yeah, yeah, chill out. Was so this that was the big that was the big culture shock? Was this the trip that I think your wife had to take a trip to the hospital no or was it after was, you guys lived there that was after we lived there okay um so we ended up i don't know if we want to move on to the to when we lived there we can i mean is there anything else on the trip in particular you want to talk about or um, um i guess the other fun thing was we actually went to a concert there uh which was probably the highlight of the trip yeah, it was yeah. um so we went down to another of the uh it was like one of the sort of the, the bar districts and uh they had like we knew about this in advance that there was some beetle themed like clubs there, like bars, where, oh, wow. like where there were basically Beatles cover bands. And you guys um, being our hardcore Beatle fans, more so Jennifer. Oh, more Jennifer. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we went to this place called the Cavern Club, which was, and they lo- like Japan is immaculate on how they can copy stuff, and it was like a, an exact copy of the Cavern Club in Liverpool. Wow. And so it was literally like, all, yeah, it was it was really cool. But the and the band was spot on. And um, <laughs> like when we were standing in line, it was like uh, I think the place was full, and there we weren't going to be able to get in there, which we were kind of bummed about because we had planned our night to go there. It was like one of our last few nights. Yeah. And uh, this girl came out and um, she talked to us and she spoke English, and um, she had uh, she was like the translator for the band because this band had toured with the Killers in America, so they oh, were wow. like the number one like cover band. Like we kind of knew ahead of time that they were supposed to be like the best, and um, so that was pretty cool. I wish we had asked her more about the Killers and stuff. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, she's like, "Hey, well, oh, you want to get in?" And she found out like we'd come from America, and I think she thought we came to. A, came from America only to see that band. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I'll, I'll find a way to get you in. And, um, or you should have at least said that. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think it hit us later that that was the case. So like we had to, the interesting thing too, is they'll have like intermissions. Like, I don't know. That's not really a thing in America. Straight anymore. up intermissions. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you can here go get something to eat during the first set and then you can come back during the second set. That's cool. So we went and like got some pasta at a place nearby and we literally ate molten hot Italian <laughs> pasta. Like our mouths were completely scalded and then we ran back over there and in the rain which it was it was <laughs> a little uh, taste of Italy while you're in Tokyo. That, yeah. yeah, that like on a side note, um they have really good Italian food in Japan and I found out really? it, it sort of had something to do with the war, um I guess because of the alliance back in World War 2. There were a lot of Italians that maybe ended up in Japan, and so they brought some real proper Italian cooking, so oh, you can get really good pizza in Japan and really good pasta. Huh. Uh, but anyway, we went, went to the show, and we got to sit at the table with the uh, girlfriends of the band members. <laughs> and uh, so we got to sit with them at a great table and watch the show and talk to them, and uh, we were treated like royalty the whole time and it was just the most fun because well, of course we weren't you were. expecting to like make any friends and like talk to locals and get to hang out with locals like that 
I mean, for all they knew, you were their biggest fans. You came that's all the way exactly. from America to see that's that show. Yeah, a, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was that was super fun. Yeah, I had like a had uh, I think first Japanese beer there, which at the time I don't think I really drank any beer, and yeah. it was like hey, I'm in a bar. It's a great time. I'll drink a beer, and it was sure. like, oh, this is the best beer, and, and we had some sushi there for the first time, and oh, this is like the best sushi. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a recurring thing when you go there. A lot of the stuff, it's like, oh, this is the best Coke. Oh, this is the best donut. <laughs> like everything, the quality is so high. Yeah, and, and maybe it's also just like the you're you're kind of feeling like you're on a high. You're excited, and so everything is like, oh, this is the best. So that was near the end of the trip. I mean, that sounds it like was, a yeah. gosh, that sounds almost like a movie moment. I mean, how, how what a better way to cap off the trip. I mean, yeah, that definitely it felt like something like in Lost in Translation, like the part where Bill Murray is like suddenly he's hanging out and having conversations and. <laughs> I talked to this guy about decorating and he's going to come. <laughs> oh, and they go to the club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. Well, I mean, was it a situation like after, you know, like the night before where you guys just cry? I mean, just like, I want to stay basically. I mean, or was it more like, you know, let's get we back. Did, home like and- we would have loved to have, yeah, stay longer. And it was funny. Cause when we got back and people were like, aren't you be, aren't you happy to be back in America? <laughs> I'd be like, no, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like any time I go somewhere that's like you know really nice, you know, yeah. out of state, and you you hit that Louisiana border. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, back. aren't you glad to be back from Florida? Uh, no, <laughs> really, <laughs> exactly. Why would I be happy to be back? Yeah. That's right. But man, that jet lag I found out on the way back. I I was so tired. I slept on the plane, which meant. I got home to America at like six o'clock at night and could not sleep. And oh man, for days I was so messed up on my sleep. Yeah, I can imagine. So apparently the trick is don't sleep on either flight. The way that's or the, the way that's back. The trick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the trick. Exhaust Just don't yourself. Sleep. By the way, yeah. Well, how long after you got back? I mean, this is after you had your two boys, right? I mean, yeah, we went. So we. Um, yeah, we moved back in in sixteen. Um, mm. Like we were, we were kind of thinking after that trip, we're like, man, we want to move to Japan. This is awesome. Let's both go teach English. We don't have any kids. Yeah, uh, we'll just get a job teaching English and live in Tokyo, and it'll just be awesome. And and uh, we were kind of preparing for that. And um, like like I was studying Japanese. Jennifer was um, getting like a teacher certificate. And so we were like, man, we're going to be so bankable. Like we'll easily be able to find jobs and so credentialed and all that stuff. And we'll be totally ready. And, um, she was even taking language courses and then, yeah, we kind of had a surprise. Yeah. And then we had another surprise. Um, (laughs) um, and then later on, and then at that point, I think in 2015, we were like, we'd gone through some rough stuff with losing some family members and, um, so we're like, man, this, everything is just, this is kind of rough. Like let's, let's just try to go to Japan, like give it a shot and see if we can make it work. And, yeah. and if we can't make it work, then I guess we'll give up on it. But at least, at least we tried. Uh, right. and so, yeah, I applied and, um, went through the interview process. It took nine months to actually get Gosh. the job over there. Wow. Longer than long I'm process. longer. I mean, longer than you were expecting. I'm assuming. I mean, well, I knew it was going to take that long, but it's like, you have to like wait for the application and then you got to wait to find out if you got an interview and then go to the interview and find out if you're on like the short list of candidates and then find out <laughs> if you made it. And then once you find out if you made it, where are you going to be going? And, um, yeah, the crazy thing was I, um, 
I thought I bombed my interview. Oh, really? Um, I, it was it was horrible. Um, and uh, well, it, it really wasn't horrible. Um, but they Gate? yeah they tripped me up. They what? They kind of tripped me up on some oh, questions. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, made it through to the, like the short list of candidates, and then um, they were like, crazy. "Was that, was that that guy that interfered in that wrestling match?" A few <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, once we got into the summertime, um, I think I think it was like April Fool's Day. I found out that I was like I'd made. Oh it. wow. But you couldn't tell anybody. Like I couldn't tell my coworkers. We didn't tell like our family or whatever. It had to be like the secret because um, we didn't know if we were going to go for sure. Because you don't find out your actual placement in the country until basically uh, several weeks before you're supposed to leave and go to Japan. Jeez. And wow. so the problem is you could be stuck out in an island. You could be stuck in some cold place, or which uh, some people like that, but. Yeah, so you could be stuck someplace that's not going to work for you. And in our case, with two children, um, we wanted to make sure that we were going to be near some English-speaking, like big hospitals and also yeah. like some international schools. Because, um, yeah, at the time we were like, well, let's like let's plan on being over there for like three or four or five years. And our kids will need to go to international school and learn English and stuff. And so yeah. we were like uh, – I think we found out where we were going, which is Gifu Prefecture, right in the center of the country. And it's mostly rural, uh-huh. except for the very bottom, which is um, kind of a suburb of the big city of Nagoya. And so we knew we were going to go to that that prefecture, which it's like saying state. But it's kind of like saying, all right, you're going to Missouri. Well, <laughs> am I going to be in St. Louis or am I going to be like in like the Ozarks or something? How how far is that to like Tokyo? Uh, by bullet train, it's like maybe 90 minutes by car. Hmm. It's probably like five hours. So it's basically kind of like saying like Ruston to Dallas. Sort yeah. Of distance. Yeah. Kind of four or five hours by car. Sure. Something you um, could do, you know, like a little weekend thing or something. You could. And later on, we ended up taking like some bus trips there. Um, you can take yeah. an overnight bus, which is really cheap. Um, but yeah, so that, and then we were probably 25 minutes from Nagoya, which is probably about the size of Dallas. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, we found out like, uh, yeah, two or three weeks before we were supposed to leave the country that I think it was three weeks exactly that it's going to be Gifu City, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. Like probably the best comparison would be it's probably about the size of like Plano, Texas and about the same distance to Dallas. So, uh, you know, about 25 minutes from the center of the mega cities downtown. I mean, it was beautiful from what I could see. I mean, it looked like something out of like a Ghibli film or something. For sure. And uh, yeah. yeah, once we found out, like we lo- we immediately were looking at all the pictures and any YouTube videos we could find about the city. And we're like, oh, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> and found out I was going to be a high school teacher, which I didn't know if I was going to be in elementary or junior high or, mm. or high school. And found out I was going to be in high school. And uh, yeah, so then I, I gave my notice like three weeks before then to my boss, like, hey, um going to move to Japan <laughs> and gave the notice to our landlords like, Hey, we're going to move. Yeah. <laughs> and so our family. Far, so like getting a teaching job, you don't necessarily have to have a background in teaching. It's just the ability to, I, I don't know. I'm like, what, what, what are some of the requirements? I mean, basically, is it just your willingness to learn and go over there or, you know, being a, 
I don't know, just a very uh, professional American. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of all of those. Yeah, um, yeah. Like there's like uh, subsequently, I met some of the. Um, so ALT is the name of the job, assistant language teacher. Mm. Um, and so I subsequently met ALTs who were awesome and had like actual teaching degrees, teaching experience in America. They were fantastic teachers in Japan, but they had not been hired the first time they applied to the jet program. Oh, wow. Which was astounding to me. And I met people. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, somebody here locally in Dallas. She, uh, like speaks Japanese fluently. She's taught for years and she failed twice applying to the program. Wow. Um, so usually they're looking for people with like international experience because they want to make sure you're not going to freak out. And that's what I found out <laughs> was uh, if we fast forward a bit later, uh, even if you've been there before, when the, it sinks in that it's like, oh, shoot, there's no safety net. I I got no job in America to go back to, no home, no car in America, no stuff in America. I've got to make this work in a foreign country. Like you can freak out easily. So they basically want to make sure – that you're sane <laughs> and you're not going to freak out that you're stable. And then also they, the, uh, the language and the teaching experience is a bonus. Sure. And I mean, you're going to be teaching a bunch of foreign teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Foreign to you. That's right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they're looking, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. The, the maturity helps maturity. Sure. Helps. I wonder what it was that put you, you know, over the top as opposed to someone that did have a teaching degree or spoke fluent Japanese or I think for me it, it was well that I was well-rounded enough like I didn't I didn't jump off the page on any one category like no one category was like oh this guy's fluent in Japanese or yeah uh, he's got an English degree or he's got a teaching degree or whatever I had enough that I could cobble together because I had I'd done training for work um, I did writing for work, like with my job with doing, uh, I guess you could call it technical writing, um, hmm. like with our company catalog. I had, I had some language experience. I'd been there. You'd before. been there. Yeah. I had friends so. there that helped. They asked like, do you have friends in Japan? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got friends. Um, so yeah, I had enough of the boxes kind of checked off to where it was like, oh, okay. He's, he's safe choice. And Knowing the fact that the fact that also that you're married and have a family, they figure, okay, this, and they, I've been at my job for whatever it was, seven years or eight, nine years. They're like, okay, this guy's stable. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure the friends thing. Yeah. That probably helped a lot too. As far as, you know, you mentioned going over there and them being afraid of people freaking out, yeah. it, <laughs> not for having sure. anyone would definitely, uh, you know, not help in that situation. So, yeah. So that, that helped. Um, but yeah, so you then guys, we had to immediately like yeah sell everything in America. I was about to ask. Yeah, I mean, did you you didn't take anything? I mean, other than you know probably some basics. But so here's the trick that we found out for moving abroad, which is um, if you're flying international, you can take they'll let you take two fifty pound bags of luggage. And uh, so That's what it? we did was we found uh, <laughs> which is well, but there was four of us. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we realized, like we had a ton of airline miles for me traveling for my job. Uh-huh. Um, and um, so Jennifer was like, there's no way I'm going overseas. Like, because, well, so let me back it up. So I had to go over to Japan a week early for training before you end up in your actual town. 
And so they put you up in a hotel in Tokyo and you go to training and then they send you to your, your town where you're going to live. And then you go through a couple more days of training and they put you up in a hotel like single occupancy. So like you really can't really have your, your family and significant other there. Like that Mm -hmm. doesn't really work. So Jennifer was going to have to take the kids over separately and she's like, there's no way I'm flying international with these two. And like, okay, well, and so we, I don't know, I don't know how we came up with the idea, but we, we talked to some friends of ours and maybe we had talked to them in advance and, uh, and they were like, they were like, yeah, we'd, we'd love to go to Japan. And so we're like, Okay, I tell you what. How about if we pay for your trip with miles, and oh, um, and then you get a vacation in Japan, and 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 yeah. So we basically paid for their uh, like half their trip with uh, airline miles, and um, and I guess they paid for the rest, and yeah. So so that meant that we had. I took my two gigantic bags. The wife and kids had their bags, you know, our kids didn't weigh with 30 pounds a piece, but sure. Yeah. 50 pound bag for each of our little kids. Oh, it was 50 pounds. Okay. 50 pounds for yeah. each. Okay. So a hundred pounds a person of luggage basically. Okay. And then we had our two friends and they were going to travel light. So basically we were able to bring, uh, I'm, I'm not so good at math. Apparently 500, no, wait, four of us, two of them, 600 pounds of luggage. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So all of our clothes, the kids' toys, a bunch of like particular maybe dishes or maybe some mementos and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but mainly it was a lot of clothes, um, which sucked later because then suddenly you're having to buy dishes and furniture and all that stuff. Oh, okay. So furniture wouldn't like – they didn't put you up in like a furnished place or anything? Um. Yeah, well, uh, no, they, there's a saying, every situation is different. And so there's some ALTs that might end up, they could end up in an apartment in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Or you could end up in a shack in the sticks. You could have wow. a furnished shack in the sticks or a furnished awesome place in the sticks or like a ratty place in Tokyo <laughs> or a big city. Or you could be on an island. It's Every situation <laughs> is different. <laughs> You're going and, to an uh, island. <laughs> yeah, but like not to skip too far ahead. Uh, so that was the crazy part. So I ended up, uh, I ended up having to uh, go to drive to Houston. Um, I got there late, which I was like literally thought, oh, that's it. Like, like I got there late, like an hour late to the meeting. Like I'm thinking, all right, that's it. They're going to kick me out of the program. I'm not yeah. going on the. This is, it's all over, and it's my fault because I was driving too slow. American. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I had to fly to Houston, um, wearing a suit in July where the humidity is like a hundred percent. Personally, I'm already out. Yeah, I know. Well, that's one thing I didn't get to was on the original trip. And then subsequently, like our, our original trip was in August of 08. And then we moved over there in, uh, July of, uh, 2016. The summer heat in Japan is oppressive because, like, yeah. think of uh, New Orleans or Houston-level humidity. Not North Louisiana humidity, but, like, sweltering 100% humidity, like sauna-level humidity Some along with 100 degrees. realize. Yeah, you just cannot breathe. You basically. can't. So, wait and a minute. You had to wear a suit where again? I, I had to show up wearing a suit in Houston for the departure. We flew out with the, uh, the I guess, the Houston consulates. So, oh. all of the uh, – there's different regions of the country, like different consulates. There's Chicago, New York, L.A., Houston, Nashville, I think. So, you yeah. wore a suit from Houston to – 
yeah. Japan. Yeah, um, and then uh, I think we, yeah, because we had to like meet the ambassador and and go to like a day of training and some some dinners and farewell stuff. Then we oh, could dress casually gosh. on the flight because you don't. It's not fun to wear a suit on a flight. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. You had to wear a suit on the flight. Oh, I was like, no, what? no, but yeah, for orientation. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was after okay. having sold our our cars too. So I had to take the rental car back. You guys <laughs> went all in. Yeah, I know that sucks. It was like, how in the world did you do that? I do, I do remember. I, I remember a lot of this because I thought it was fascinating at the time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I remember telling my wife, I was like. That sounds so much fun, you know, <laughs> to just go to Japan. logistics to deal with. Yeah. But I remember you guys were, um, I think you were already not panicking, but just kind of worried, okay, if this doesn't work out, we got to have something in place. Because I remember you guys had asked somebody if they wanted to borrow your TV. That's right. Yeah, before. I did. I, I, I did. That, yeah, that to, last, to basically, like, if we get back. <laughs> well, subsequently, I found out that the guy that borrowed it accidentally broke it. Oh, so, no. Uh, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I took off to Japan. They put us up in the Keio Plaza, which is a super nice, like, I don't know how much it costs a, um, a night, but super expensive. It's right next to, like, the big government building and... It was super nice for orientation. Yeah. And that was pretty fun because me and the uh, the Houston crowd, uh, we kind of hooked up with the Australian crowd. Like there, So there's people from other English-speaking countries there. Oh, wow. They just they kind of do this like what, like a couple times a year? Everyone goes over it once or? Yeah, there's uh, there, I think there's uh, there's an A group, a B group, and a C group. And whichever group we were in was us and some other countries. I, I feel like a week or two later – some a group of a whole bunch of you know maybe the canadians and the brits came over or something like that but we were like uh the australians are cool because they're they're not stuffy they're they're real casual they could be a bunch of cowboys yeah yeah so yeah we hung out with them and uh the hotel's in uh it's it was in uh shinjuku the edge of shinjuku uh, so it's cool to like go out and um, meet people from other countries and you get to hang out and um yeah, we go to bars and restaurants around there at night, and that was pretty cool for a couple of days. That's awesome. And uh, finally, you're so, the la- you're, yeah. so, you're so cultured. Now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. Although I say that I was a vegan before we went over there, uh-huh. and uh, and I was able to kind of scrape by during orientation with the food there because they kind of had it uh, set up for people of different you know food situations. But then once you got out of there. It sucked because everything in Japan has, uh, there's, it's got seafood or, or it's got yeah. meat or, yeah, whatever. I feel sorry for anybody that might be like gluten intolerant. <laughs> Good luck. Well, I mean, they have a lot of noodles and rice. I mean, that's true. Well, that's yeah. I, I think the last night I was kind of ticked off because everybody went to eat ramen and actual true ramen <laughs> has like pork broth or chicken broth. And uh, I'm like, come yeah. on, guys. Like, I can't eat anything here. And they all went there, and I ended up eating a bowl of rice. <laughs> you, know was... that remi- you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> the, you know what I'm going to say? Maybe. I'm thinking of a scene from The Office. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was thinking about the first time we met you and Jennifer. It was at um, Rebecca's. She had a little birthday party. And Eric's like, hey, do y'all want to go out to eat? Will and Jennifer, our friends, are going to be there. I was like, yeah. And he, and we get there, and it's a steak restaurant, and, <gasps> and we're like, oh, yeah, and we like found out grass. Yeah, we found out y'all are vegan. So I was like, 
oh, this has to be auger. <laughs> oh, that's right. I think You're I like, have, we'll get the yeah. beans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the line from the office where Angela just says, I'll just have bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have your bread and beans special. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, so uh see yeah, I I didn't I thought it would be easier for a vegan over there honestly. But I guess not. Yeah, I pretty I pretty much that then and there I decided, all right, I'm going to be a pescatarian. Like if yeah. I can live off of fish and eggs and milk along with the vegetables and the fruit stuff, then yeah, you'll you'll do great over there. Much easier, I suppose. Yeah. But so yeah, how super cool. So what 2 weeks later or a week later Jennifer and the kids came over or a week later, like uh, I think we were in Tokyo orientation for about three days, and then we took the bullet train to um, uh, over to near Gifu City, and then we met the other uh, jets, the other ALTs for our our state, our prefecture, our our area, and so then we went through some more kind of more specific training about teaching in the area and cultural stuff, and that was that was really good stuff because. Yeah, that was really handy. And then the craziest thing, though, was we it's made no sense. The last day we had to wear suits. And then they brought in like this whole bunch of Japanese teachers to the room. And like we didn't know who they like. We didn't know why. And then like they would call out our names and then we would get like paired up. It was almost like in elementary school where there's like some kind of secret Santa or something like that. It's like, and here's your teachers or here's your ALT. Like they didn't know exactly who they were getting and we didn't know who we were getting. Wow. And we'd get called out and then we'd have to like suddenly, Oh, okay. Hello. And you'd have to like bow and you're having to wear suits. And, and then you would immediately go to dinner with them which was very awkward because you'd never met these people and you're having to ride in their car and go to a meal. Oh, so they just said, jump in the car, I'm taking you to dinner. Literally, that was it. And it's like, all right, you're off. Go get your two 50-pound bags. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, go throw them in the back of a tiny car and uh, you're off to to a restaurant and trying to make small talk and it's 100 degrees and you're sweating. (laughs) And you have a a suit. They would not let me get in their car. It was so I guarantee awkward. it. They'd be like, that dude's, that dude's about to die. Right? I know. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was joking. Um, and, um, yeah. And then they took us to the apartment, which or took, yeah, took me to the apartment, which I found out, um, um, nobody had lived in it for like 10 years. Oh, <laughs> the, the one that you and Jennifer and the kids were going to be. In. Yeah. Ooh. Like, so they have public employee housing, uh, which, um, so public employees will get moved around a lot, which includes teachers. And like, yeah, like imagine that you're a teacher in Shreveport Mm. um, and the state of Louisiana says, all right, Brent, um, well, it's been three years. uh, We're going to move you to Lafayette. (laughs) Like, oh, wait, but my wife's got a job. My kids are in school. I own a house. No, you're going to move to Lafayette. But don't worry, we've got public housing that you can stay in and you can visit your families on the weekends. So that's what the poor teachers go through over there. Um, so we got to live in public employee housing, which, uh, yeah, there was no air conditioner. You know, Let that sink in. <laughs> I had this really magical view of uh, Japan. Now it's just you're killing it for me. Yeah, there was uh, a <laughs> hey, every situation is different. Um, but yeah. yeah, very quickly, like um, pack up your things. We're going home. <laughs> very quickly. It was like, uh, all right, break out the credit card. There was no furniture. There was no air conditioner, no appliances, oh, no stove. 
Uh, no internet, no beds, no none of that. It was just an empty apartment that was built in like the 60s or something. So did you have the option of like getting a window unit or something? Or yeah. Or, oh, um, okay. okay. They have these wacky, well, you've probably seen them somewhere where they're, they're like this rectangular box mounted above the, it's mounted on the wall and you have a remote control for it. Yeah. And then there's another box that's outside on the patio with a fan that actually does all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have those here. I'm oh yeah, yeah. About. We noticed them after we came back. They're they're starting to become a little bit more popular and uh, yeah, it's all for over people Asia for people that don't have like a window to put it in or whatever. Yeah, they call it Aocon, which is yeah. short for air conditioner. We found out <laughs> later they have their own kind of Japanglish where they'll take English words and they'll kind of shorten them. And <laughs> and you're like, what the heck is a Pasocon? <laughs> oh, a personal computer. <laughs> My first question, how do you say, where's the Aocon store? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was some culture shock right there. Like, uh, got there, had to spend an, a night in there with, or a night or two with no air conditioner. Did you have a bed? Um, that afternoon, it was like, we went to the local, uh, it was kind of like Ikea. Um, oh, okay. And um, loaded up on beds and, um, which are futons. Um. Like the mats on the floor. Fun. And I actually loved it. I found it like, um, I don't think, I don't think my wife was a huge fan of it, but, um, (laughs) like I like a a stiff bed. And so the great thing is you're sleeping on the floor. Yeah. That futon that's two or three inches thick. It's great for your, like I had tons of back problems and stuff before I got there. They all went away from sleeping on that futon for a year. (laughs) I'm picturing you like Michael Scott where he sleeps at the end of the bed. (laughs) With the <laughs> that's right i sleep on this little cot <laughs> yeah. she likes the pillows so yeah. Uh, yeah but uh yeah so we got that and uh a washer because dryers aren't really a thing you hang oh, yeah, the clothes just, on they them. hang the clothes yeah. yeah so when my when my wife and and her friends showed up beleaguered a week later <laughs> They they weren't thrilled when they got to the apartment and it was like, Hey, we got these we got these mats on the floor to sleep on mm. and well we don't have a dryer, so you have to hang things up, you know, with clothespins. Yeah, it's and, probably best you didn't tell her that before and, she got there. Yeah, I had to I had to kayfabe that a bunch. <laughs> um That's I had to fantastic. literally keep that stuff quiet. Uh I, I, there was no dishwasher. Oh gosh. You had one one sink uh kind of spot and um the stove which cost about as much as an American stove. Literally, think of a uh, toaster oven with a burner on top, like a gas burner. Wow! And uh, that was about the price of an American stove. And so I was, I was having some, I was having some culture shock and some like spending remorse after dropping like two grand in a, in an afternoon for air conditioners and stoves. And I can imagine, yeah. How was the bathroom kind of situation? Um. <laughs> So if you if you get an apartment now in Japan, there mm. you're going to have a, a super cool toilet that's better than an American toilet with all oh, the man. buttons and yeah. the heated seat and the noise Talks maker. to you. Yeah. That's right. Um, we did not get that one uh, because ours was built in the 60s. Back in those days, you would have had a squatty potty, which would be like literally it looks like a, a small urinal, except it's horizontal. <laughs> Is that what you had? Um, but... Um, there's adapter seats that makes it like a Western toilet. An adapter. Yes. So <laughs> does it look thankfully. like a uh, like when you put the uh, 
what was it the Sega CD on top of the Sega side? <laughs> right. Plug, what was it? A, plugs in. Yeah, and it actually looks like a toilet. But that's pretty yeah. much it. So we had that. <laughs> the other crazy thing was, um, I will give them credit. the uh, The bathrooms are separate from the shower room, which is separate from like hmm. your sink and you know all that kind of stuff. Like all about the cleanliness. So everything's separated. But the shower room, like uh, sort of the um, the ALT for our area, that kind of showed me the ropes and and all that and helped me with setting some stuff up she's like oh don't worry about it um don't worry about the shower um you just have to crank it (laughs) and i was like (laughs) yeah right like you know you imagine cranking a lawnmower yeah um no you had to crank the hot water you had to like flip switch to turn on the gas and you had to like spin the thing a couple times a little handle and it would turn on the hot water wow yeah, um, I can't. Uh, yeah, the bathroom situation was was not cool. Um, so it sounds like it was a good area, just a very dated. Uh, yeah, like the older older area of town or something. Yeah, it was um, that. So Which Gifu is probably City. Nice. Yeah, so Gifu City had been firebombed during the war. Oh, never mind. And, um, so my school, my high school, was north of the river, and everything south of the river had been firebombed in the war. And so everything south of the river was was basically newer, yeah. And everything north of the river was older. So well, it was newer, but it was haunted. So that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I did have that thought later. Like, there's, ooh, there's ups and downs to everything. Yeah, but we, yeah, we were in the pretty kind of older area that was really quaint and, uh, yeah, super pretty area. So, yeah. Well, uh, so that part was cool, and the apartment was across the street from the school. So literally, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, get up, go down, walk down your three or four flights of stairs, and then. Literally, oh, hello, students. <laughs> there's the yeah. there, there's the handball court. There's the soccer field, the baseball field. There's students whizzing by on a bicycle. And there's my school and the bus stop and all that. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have like a little grocery store around the corner or something? Or? It We would take a bike, and it was probably 10 minutes away on the bike, um, which um, wasn't too bad. We got a lot of exercise. We did a ton of walking there because we never got a car. Yeah, and uh, so we yeah we take the bike and uh, thankfully we'd ride on the sidewalk and uh, so that was handy. You didn't feel like you were going to get run over. Yeah, but That's uh, awesome. yeah, we t- and we had baskets, so we could only get as much groceries as you could fit on the basket. Load your baskets up with as much stuff as you could get, and then you had to be really careful when you were coming to a stop so that you didn't like <laughs> fall over like Humpty Dumpty or something. Some, look at the American, yeah, and. Uh, so talk about um, – let's talk about when she had to go to the – I mean, we're not going to talk about oh, why she had to go to the hospital, stuff? but I'm just curious, like the hospitals. And, I mean, what, what's the difference? I mean, I mean, the entire situation has to be pretty different. And how did that work with you guys? I mean, you know, you were – how did, like, insurance work? I mean – So I was a government employee. Um and so over there, they have a national health care uh, system, I guess, probably similar to similar to maybe Canada or England or something yeah. where um, there's one big government insurance program that about mm, probably 90 percent of people uh, opt into. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the monthly insurance rate, I think it's based on your income. So, like, before I went over there, this was interesting. It's based on your previous year's income. So we went over there. We had zero dollars previous year income. So <laughs> Oh, okay. So I think our insurance was, like, maybe a 100 and something bucks a month. For all four. For all four, for a family. Um, nice. Now, if I had stayed a second year, um, I think that it would have gone up to, like, 240 a month or something yeah and think about that for a second like imagine in america a middle-class family paying 240 a month for health insurance that's Um, insane and of course then the concern would be well what are you what are you getting like it must really suck right or there must be like long lines or you must have to wait six weeks or you know whatever no we um in our neighborhood literally several buildings over was a clinic uh and the doctor spoke english uh, what we found is that typically doctors over there will do their residency in a foreign country, usually an English-speaking one. And so doctors over there will usually speak English. Um, and so we were we hit the jackpot on that one. Um, and so mm-hmm. we'd go over there if we had a cold, which, like, I was working around 1,200 kids all day, and then my kids were in daycare all day. So... There's a lot of germs that we didn't yeah, have immunity to. And um, so we'd roll over there and go um, go in there and say, you know, hey, I have I have a, a sick or you know, I'm, I'm sick with a cold or something like that. You'd wait a few minutes. Then you'd see the doctor, you know, and it was the usual stuff like you do in America. Stick your tongue out and check your temperature. And, oh, your throat looks pretty red. Um, <laughs> let me put you like we'll give you I'll prescribe some antibiotics for you. That's it. Have a good day. And so you were, uh, and you'd, I'd think I'd pay like maybe five bucks for the visit or something. That's crazy. Yeah. In cash, of course, because everything yeah. was in cash. And then there was a pharmacy next door to that, which is genius. So you literally, you'd walk <laughs> out the door, go to the next door to the pharmacy. I'd chit chat for a few minutes, literally a few minutes with the, uh, with the pharmacist and they would kind of practice their English and they were super nice. And then yeah. they would give you bags of medicine and it was funny because they were like lots of powders they're all about the oh, powders really? yeah and, uh, they'd be like well take this powder and then this powder and this other powder <laughs> and then maybe some there'd be some antibiotic capsules or something yeah um and then oh that's that'll be 10 bucks or something so or maybe five bucks so you're out 10 or 15 bucks every time you had a flu and that was it and literally you could be done with that whole process in about 15 minutes so that was that was pretty sweet. Um, it's one of those things that, like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So that uh, yeah. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, now the step up from that. So we experienced all the different levels. Um, so the step mm-hmm. up from that, um, uh, we we went to a larger hospital in our city. Um, um, so so part of the reason, well, really the reason we ended up coming home later, uh, or c- came home after one year instead of staying later, is we found out that our youngest son. Uh, had autism Mm -hmm. and so we were having to go through the diagnosis of that over there yeah yeah, and not in tokyo but in a in a sort of a a rural suburb of the third largest city in the country so (laughs) sure tough but yeah so we went to that hospital over there a time or two to get him diagnosed and and stuff and um uh yeah like there's more there there we had to use some japanese and but they had somebody that spoke english 
excellently and talked us through stuff and asked us the questions and helped us fill out forms and sure yeah, everything was pretty clean and efficient and uh and and all that that kind of sucked because we had to take a bus to go across town and, and come back uh but the bigger like hospital situation and that again was like i don't know if we paid anything it was if we paid something it was super cheap hmm. uh for that diagnosis and all but the uh the big one was um uh it was like spring of 2017 my wife's family said hey we're coming to visit you oh really yeah we're gonna be there this weekend oh okay (laughs) yeah so that was like sprung on us like wow yeah so suddenly we're like okay we're all right well well you don't want to come visit us here because that's going to be boring and you can't stay in our apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll meet you in Tokyo. That'll just be easier. And so we went to Tokyo. And uh, so they flew over, which is my wife's mother, sister, and my wife's grandmother. Oh, well. So she would have been, you know, about the age of our current president. Either one of them. Just pick either president that we have which, at the moment. Which one will? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> which uh, name your president? Somewhere in the seventies. And um, yeah, yeah. And anyway, uh, but apparently, um, like apparently, something something must have popped. Like on that flight, like with the air pressure and all that. Like she she had some pro like an internal problem that that happened. Oh um, gosh. Yeah, it sucked, and I feel bad because like after they got there seemed okay and so i'm like hey there's this donut place in shinjuku let's go over there and get some donuts so we marched over there and walked like a mile and i'm i'm in great shape from walking everywhere and they're not and yeah. uh like uh great we got these donuts but uh anyway that night she was feeling really bad and so i had to call 119 because is, is that everything's really... the opposite world it's the yeah, opposite of 911 that's hilarious yeah and I had to cobble through like Japanese speaking to them on the on on there, and that was that was a challenge. And then the ambulance showed up, and I had to speak to those guys in Japanese, um, mm-hmm. which is tough. And um, and they took her to a nearby hospital there in Shinjuku because what we had done was we met them in Tokyo and we got an Airbnb apartment in in uh, Shinjuku. Oh, okay. Um, so it'd be kind of convenient, and uh, so that's where we we're all going to stay. And um, but yeah, anyway, so. Yeah, they took her to a hospital there in Shinjuku, and um, yeah, um, and then my wife also got sick with some, like, basically some kind of, like, stomach bug or something, like, but, like, the worst ever. Yeah. Like, basically, like, food poisoning or something like that. Oh, so gosh. she got sick at the same time, and so I'm... Those I'm donuts. That could have been. Uh, so, yeah, I'm stuck with uh, – it could have been all that raw fish we've been eating for the whole year. <laughs> okay, never mind. That was probably it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I had to deal with the, the two kids and the in-laws while the grandmother's in the hospital and Jennifer's being shuttled back and forth to the hospital to get fluids and stuff. And um, um, But, yeah, they uh, – I think we took – I think in both cases they might have gone to sort of private places because mm-hmm. of the English-speaking factor. And Tokyo, that's easier to find. Where it's very Western experience and all that. Yeah. I I couldn't tell you what Jennifer's bill was. It could have been 25 bucks or something like that for, you know, fluids and emergency room and, 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 uh, medicine and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it had to have been under a hundred for sure. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like a situation where you're going to get billed later. 
or anything. No, it was much. it was cheap. I think we would have paid cash. Um, and huh. uh, and then for uh, my wife's grandmother, who was in that hospital in Tokyo for several days, mm-hmm. um, she had great care. And um, um, yeah, I think I think something tore or something, and they basically told her like, okay, like you'll be safe to fly back home. You just need to get it operated on as soon as you get back to America. Because otherwise, if she had had it done in Japan, she would have had to recuperate there and take yeah. a care flight to America or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I think she, I can't remember how much it was, but basically emergency ambulance, like staying in a hospital for several days. And if I think it was a couple hundred bucks, for all of that's, that, and she wasn't a she wasn't a resident. Like, yeah, she was a foreigner. She, did, she didn't have insurance. Yeah, that's she wild, was, man. So uh, yeah, so I I can't say enough good stuff. Um, and uh, subsequently, like like the usually the best time to really find out the dirt is like when you like there's so many drinking parties for companies, mm-hmm. uh, in they call them, and so that's usually that's when usually you can kind of get people to let loose and they'll really talk. And, uh, so I can remember having conversations with some of the guys, the, the teachers, the English teachers in English, and they were just astounded at the American healthcare situation. Like what people go bankrupt. Like they go like <laughs> yeah. millions of dollars in medical bills. What? Um, there, there's people that don't get treated just because they can't afford it. Yeah. I know it's pretty shocking. Like, like the most, one of the most common things is like in America is like, well, having a baby, Mm-hmm. Having a baby there costs three hundred bucks. Like everybody knows it. Like, I think uh, here on that, I mean, I, we <laughs> we paid about thirty four hundred dollars. Ooh, that's, and that was I, that was with everything. I mean, and that's with insurance. Like you probably maxed out the deductible or maximum out of pocket kind of thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's about what we paid. Mm. Probably something like that in America. And that's of course when you're paying you know a thousand bucks a month for crazy health insurance or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, over there. So that's it, it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, the way they do it is sort of like uh, Medicare or something, where the government basically sits down with the uh, doctors and says, "All right, uh, you know, this is what a uh, X-ray is going to cost. This is what you know, this sort of treatment's going to cost." Yeah, and they come to an agreement, and they're usually kind of tight. And so, doc, like here, we imagine a doctor's. I have no idea what a doctor in America makes. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, I guess. A couple hundred um, grand, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and over there, I don't think they're having to pay 100000 a year in malpractice insurance or something like that either. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the doctors, uh, yeah, the like income-wise, it's a lot more, there's not a huge disparity. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, a, if you're a big doctor, maybe you're making a couple hundred grand. And, mm. and you're and you're living better than the person that works at the convenience store for sure, mm. but you're not a millionaire. Um, yeah, heck, if you're the president of a company over there, you might not be a millionaire. Um, and I yeah, it was kind of interesting. Like, and part of that kind of goes back to the harmony thing. Like, I, I kind of noticed the same thing. Like, you don't see that many flashy cars and flashy houses. Like, you're mm-hmm. never going to see like a mansion like you would see in the Dallas suburbs or something. Like the emperor doesn't live in a place that big. (laughs) And part of it is sort of to kind of keep people uh, from kind of feeling jealous or kind of slighted that, well, why can't I have that? So people don't usually show off their sort of their wealth or whatever as much. And sure. Also, yeah, there's less disparity, I guess, on income. Yeah. And it's not government mandated. It's just uh, that part is just that's just kind of how it is. 
it's just how they were raised and how they look at things. I mean, just, I mean, the trade-off is, you know, like you said, healthcare and just the overall environment and, um, yeah. just, you know, yeah, it was big, super, super peaceful too. I guess that's, that was one of the other big shockers was, um, um, well, I mean, in America, you know, guns are cool. Guns are interesting. They're yeah. you know part of our history and heritage and, and home security and, you know, hunting and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, over there, I, I think, I think there's ranges where maybe you can go check one out, shoot it there at the range and leave it there. And there's also some hunters that have special permits or rural areas where they can use guns. Um, and it's, but it's really strictly regulated. And, um, but yeah, there's, there's the crime levels really, really low. Um, really, really low. Like to the point that like, if there's a purse purse snatching, that's going to be like, that might be the lead item. Yeah. That might be on the main page of the newspaper or the headline of the nightly news kind of thing. Um, yeah, the crime rate's super low, so you can just kind of feel super safe everywhere. Um, like at one point, I uh, I think we uh, we lost one of our house keys. We only had one house key, and there's two of us, and so a lot of times our door was actually unlocked, like when we were gone, because <laughs> one of us needed, like one of us had a key, and yeah, uh, yeah so our apartment was unlocked a lot. Uh, our bicycle that was our only, you know, our main means of transportation. I guess it had a yeah, it had like a little key lock. But you didn't have didn't, to, like, put a massive chain around it. Or yeah, no chain or anything like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, stuff just kind of worked. Yeah, things were really safe. Um, yeah, you didn't really have to worry about that. So as far as kind of like the well, – I mean, after you had the I, – I guess since you took the kids, there wasn't a lot of, like, you know, nightlife concerts, stuff like that necessarily, like on the yeah. vacation. But yeah. um Talk about some of the, or if you don't want to, you don't have to, but, you know, some of the more unsavory sides of what you experienced. Because I think, I think it would be interesting because you don't hear about that a lot. That's um, true. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's like this awesome place where it's everything's perfect and you're bragging about it or whatever. Because some people can come across that way, uh, you know, about whatever foreign country they went to or lived in. Yeah. Um, so you've probably heard about the whole thing about like lifetime employment and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you work for the same company forever and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That is, it's kind of going away, but it's still sort of a thing. And um, yeah, you don't change jobs, but part of that is, and this is the one that really shocked me. Um, so like working in a school, like pretty much it's interesting. Um, like in high school, it's super difficult. Junior high is super difficult. Uh, like junior high is super difficult because you're trying to get into a great high school and high school is super difficult because you're trying to get into a great college. And yeah. then when you go to college, it's a cakewalk. Like basically it's four years of wacky time. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's easy. And here's why after you graduate college, uh, you're whatever you are, 22, 20, 23, um, you, you got to dye your hair black. Everybody's got to have black hair. So that's funny. Like if you ever like uh, for four years, like as soon as kids graduate high school, the next day they're like getting crazy hair colors and all that. And then they can have crazy hair for four years and wear crazy clothes because as soon as they turn, you know, they graduate high uh, college and they're 23 or whatever, and they have to get a real job, got to have black hair, got to have the same haircut. And then the first three years, you're basically worked like a dog. 
um, because wait a minute, back back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, to I mean, yeah, I, I've heard I've heard of this. I I don't I don't next to nothing about it. But I mean, essentially. So, but you have a choice. I mean, you know, you go to call or you go to you go to college. Yep. So do you you still have a goal of what you you're pushing towards though? Yeah, you want to be yeah. whatever kind of career or a particular company, whatever. Um, a lot of times it's 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 you want to work for whatever company and then they're going to send you wherever. So that's one thing mm-hmm. you kind of find out. It's like yeah, I'm from whatever rural town, but then my company sent me to Tokyo or Osaka or wherever, uh, and you go with it because you plan on being with that company forever. Um, but yeah, once you start in with the company, uh, you're at the lowest level, and then I uh, like let this sink in. So um, your first three years, they'll work you like a dog because no one will leave a job in the first three years because you would be considered unreliable if you're looking for another job, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, what? You only stayed there a year? Oh gosh, or two years, yeah. or six months, or whatever." So um, one hundred hour. Weeks, 80-hour weeks. Oh, my gosh. Like, let that sink in. Like, we're used to 40 hours, and, like, maybe you stay late a couple hours, and you're like, oh, man, it was a tough week. I stayed a couple hours late, you know, worked 45 hours or whatever. Yeah, like Saturday, Sunday, uh, working till 8, 9, 10, midnight. Um, So living across the street from the school – uh, sometimes I'd wake up because the lights from the school were still on and they were bright and I'd, I'd kind of see them through the window and I'd look and like, there's still people there. And I remember one time it was like two in the morning and I was like, I was kind of ticked off because at that point I kind of knew the, the work culture and all that. And I actually got dressed and went over there and went in the teacher's room. And of course <laughs> the school was unlocked because why would you lock it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I just walked right in the school, walked to the teacher's room and they're like the math teachers are grading tests That's and insane. they've been there and it's two in the morning. And, uh, I'm like, go home. Like it'll yeah. wait. <laughs> I just yelled at him in English. <laughs> like, yeah. they're like, what's he doing here? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty common. Uh, especially for younger teachers is you're single. Uh, and yeah, cause nobody gets married in college. You basically you're expected to go do your three years of kind of. It's about to say you'd have to be single, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And then after the three years, then it kind of lets up a bit, and then that's usually people will get married at like that 25 kind of age. Um, once they're kind of maybe a little bit more settled, um, but yeah, the it's pretty common. Like I would, my contract stated that I was supposed to work, I think, 30 hours a week which is kind of a wink wink thing in the teaching industry because typically like there's a lot of shady like private English schools that'll they'll tell you well you're going to work 29.5 hours yeah and that's so that we don't have to pay you like insurance or whatever um but technically I work for the government so there's actual safeguards but technically I was supposed to work 30 hours a week but realistically I probably put in 50 something mm-hmm. uh, or 60 um like I would usually I would get there at whatever it was eight in the morning. I would used to leave at eight o'clock at night. Um, and then I was supposed to have like half Fridays off, but I would usually come in and in the afternoon anyway. Um, so there was some of that, the work culture thing was really rough. Um, and I'd leave at eight o'clock and, and the teacher's room would still be full and I'd say good night and I'd feel bad that they're still staying there. 
So that sucks. Uh, so typically people really, they're probably still working on Saturday and Sunday is truly like that day of rest where you're there. That's when they go do their shopping or go sightseeing or hang out with the family is yeah that one day a week. So there's not a ton of family time. I think it could almost, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to see a, you know, silver lining to this. You know, if you're a, if you're a citizen, it's almost as if though they set you up to succeed though. I mean, they kind of, I mean, not to say that you can't get married, you know, early twenties and not succeed, but they want you to put in the hard work. They want you to focus on your job out of college. They want you to have a, you know, a solid standing in your workplace and then move to the next stage in life. And it's true. Um, and plus, you've already proved your reliability that you'll do it. I mean, because it's, it's yeah. like you say, it's basically a situation where if you if you quit, you're you're probably not going to get hired. I mean, at least not at the same type of position. I mean, yeah, you'd have to like. And I can remember there was one teacher that she just she she couldn't handle it, and and she left after a year, and then she just got a job in a different industry because why <laughs> wow. would you hire a teacher that couldn't cut it after one year? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had one teacher that was um she was probably 24 and and she practically had a heart attack from overwork. They have they, they actually have a word for it in the language that's for it's called uh for like death by overwork. Um gosh. And it's it's pretty rough. Like I remember kind of halfway kind of complaining and joking to one of the teachers. I was like, "Yeah, like we have to have to do this English camp this weekend and work on Saturday and Sunday. It's kind of rough because I just worked a week and then I have no weekend and then I have to work all next week. And he said, <laughs> said, I just worked the past 35 days in a row. <laughs> like, oh, oh no. okay. sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, so that part's rough. Uh, the other part, like uh, on, on the kids, uh, the other thing is they kind of like, at least in high school, I, I definitely saw all the, the good points and bad points of high school. Uh, there's it's, everything's very rigid and kind of uniform. Um, can't have flashy hair in high school. Can't have any sort of hair coloring, like can't dye your hair and none of that stuff. Yeah. Got to wear uniforms. Um, and then they really want you to join some sort of a group activity, a club activity, <laughs> I guess for that group harmony kind of thing and all that. But it, it sort of keeps you off the streets, so to speak, because every teenager is, Dude, that's wild. They're probably they're staying till six, seven, eight o'clock at night doing club activities, like doing their sport or their band or whatever. And then they go home and have a ton of homework, and they might have club activities on the weekend too. So to they, me, it, to me, it sounds yeah. like it works. I mean, it, this makes it works. It I makes mean, it's, sense. It's it's kind of a uh, a pretty hardcore way of going about it, I suppose. But yeah, you're never lazy. Like you, you basically yeah. you never have time to just kind of be lazy. Look at the payoff, though. I you're mean, you're always know, moving. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really instills that in you, and not not. We could use that here. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, we could never work use, here, could, but you know. Yeah, we could use a, a bit more of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing I usually found was like uh, not a hundred percent love in their system, but but definitely not a hundred percent love in the American system either. Like somewhere in between. Yeah, would be would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that was one thing. Um, um, yeah, because of the whole uh, the hourly thing, like imagine that a husband has to work 100 hours. Well, what if you got kids and a wife? So yeah. typically it's more common for women to not work. Um, so they're staying at home, taking care of the kids, um, which um, – and then usually maybe once the kids are grown, then maybe they'll go get a part-time job at a supermarket or something. But it's it's very traditional roles where – 
woman cooks and cleans and <laughs> takes care of the kids and husband you know rolls in at 10 o'clock at night and has a beer and <laughs> catches up on the news and sports and goes to bed there's um, no other choice really i mean for real know. um yeah. and yeah my students were shocked and would laugh at me like if i like we'd be in front of the class like the teacher would say oh you know williamson say what did you do last night and i would say oh like i cooked uh I cooked pasta. It was really good. And like the kids would laugh at me like, what? A man cooking? <laughs> or, oh, really? It's like, it's that hardcore then, huh? Yeah. Or say, you know, like, oh, I, I, I took my kids to the park or something like that. And, and it was just kind of like, wow, you're going above and beyond. <laughs> like, well, that's kind of sad. Yeah. I know. You're just doing the bare minimum as a, as a, as a man and a father by Western <laughs> standards. And then over yeah. there, it's like, man, you're, you're really going all out. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of rough on, it could be rough on, like wives because uh, they're not seeing their husband they're having to just deal with the kids all the time and they're stuck at home hmm. uh, or imagine if there's a death or a divorce or something like that and then women don't really have maybe job skills or a resume and so yeah that sort of thing is oh, yeah, yeah, can be rough true. on women hmm. yeah so there's there's definitely stuff below the surface like that that uh that are that are not good well more of like government mandated type stuff and yeah, there's not a lot of daycare centers either. Um and uh so yeah, a lot of women are yeah, they they kind of can't work as and that may be intentional to kind of keep the keep it down like we used a daycare center for our kids. Um after the international school was just it was kind of expensive that we sent our oldest to and um he wasn't learning very much English. So we're like, shoot, we can just get them in the uh the local 100% Japanese daycare for basically free but they uh they did a lot of background checking to make sure that my wife was working so she she got a work from home job and uh, <laughs> yeah then we were able to send our kids but there's no way that a woman could go work a 40 hour a week job or even really almost like a 20 hour a week kind of part-time job with well, yeah. the daycare system that they have it's it's pretty light um at least in our small town maybe if you're in Tokyo or something it's different sure but yeah so some of that stuff was that was rough. Um, um, otherwise, there's not a lot jumping out to me as far as downsides. There's really, um, there's there's really no drugs there. Really, <laughs> because it's an island. Um, oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I got the impression that in some of the rural areas there might be people growing weed or something like that. Mm-hmm. I got that impression from some of the uh, teachers I worked with, like the uh, the foreign uh, <laughs> ALTs, yeah. that, that maybe they had some deals worked with some of the uh, you know <laughs> this, people that lived out in the mountain areas. This, this part of the something. island, go check this out. Yeah, yeah but uh, but otherwise, yeah, that that's the like if a if a famous actor or a musician was caught with like you know maybe they were smoking a joint. Yeah. Oh, that's it. They're blackballed. That's it. They're gone. They're wow. gonna. They're gonna. You know, sincerely apologize. They're gonna get fired from everything. All they're <laughs> dropped by their sponsors. You know, or fired by the team. Yeah. So yeah, they take a lot of. Uh, you know, if if a couple is divorced, they uh, they might lose their job. Maybe not so much nowadays, but like in the past, yeah, they might because of appearances and that sort of thing. So you do have couples that are effectively divorced but they don't live together mm-hmm. like they're still married but they don't live together so i i i was always astounded like oh wow like nobody's kid like none of these none of the high school students have divorced parents like you know like half the parents in america are like you know half the kids in america now have like divorced parents but sure. then i would find out oh my father lives here and i live with my mother yeah thing. Hmm. that was really common i would see 
so you guys were there for for about a, for a little over a year, weren't you? No, nah, one year. Unfortunately, uh, okay. we were hoping to stay longer. Um, and um, yeah, we were hoping to stay a little longer. Like I had signed a contract for another year, but we knew we were going to have to come back to America because of uh, needing the therapy and all that stuff for our youngest sure. son for autism. And um, yeah, uh, so we ended up uh, yeah coming back only after a year. Um, subsequently, I've gone back. Um, I felt bad that I couldn't stay and see my kids graduate, as in my. 1200 students at my high school <laughs> yeah my other kids uh my 1200 kids um and so uh, luckily i had airline miles so like i was like i'm gonna come back and see you guys graduate and so i came back uh went back the first year and saw those kids graduate and then the next year um i went back again got a cheap flight and i was able to go back and see like the students that i really taught the most i was able to see them graduate so that would have been class of t- 2019 Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and then I ended up. Um, I think I had I had another good deal on flights or miles or whatever, and went back in 2020, and that trip got sh- cut short because of coronavirus. Oh wow! So you went like when they were doing the lot of the bands, and I did. That was I, I went this year. Uh, it was in late February, and it was when in America had like one or two cases, and it was God. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a bad time to go to Japan. <laughs> I, I know. I, I went over there, and everybody was wearing the mask, and at the time, I thought the whole thing was like. And this is February. I was like, oh, it's a bunch of media hype. It's overblown. It's just the flu. Like, yeah, yeah. People are going crazy. It's, it's just media hype and they just want attention. <laughs> and, and I got over there and everybody's wearing masks and I'm not. And, uh, <laughs> American. Uh, and they gave me a mask and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll wear this thing. And, yeah. um, and, uh, but yeah, like, um, yeah, there was, um, it suddenly became huge news after a day or two that, um, somebody a man and a woman had come through gifu station and they mm. were positive for coronavirus and i was staying near gifu station going there every day gosh and my wife called me and she's like really worried because you know we're the thinking, world's ending i know because at the time there was only, there wasn't that many cases but what we were hearing was like oh this one person went and infected like 100 people and so that's kind of what we were thinking at the time those super spreader things so I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what if I went in the restaurant or the bathroom where this guy went into or I, t- I sat in the train seat? And, yeah. And so, yeah, so my wife and family was really worried. And so, yeah, I ended up cutting the trip short and coming home early, which was not fun. Um, That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I can assume it's probably a uh, future plan to definitely be going back after all this is said and done. and. Yeah, I mean, is I, it going to be a place you think you're always going to try to, you know, make a little trip to every two three years or something? Or I mean, oh, for sure, yeah. My yeah. next hope would be to see the um, New Japan Tokyo show, uh, Tokyo Dome show, maybe in twenty twenty two. I guess it is. Surely the the road is going to be gone by then, right? The road, <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah, I mean, and then know. of course it'd be a great place to retire one day. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. Pretty sweet if you don't have to really, you know, deal so much with, you know, your children. You could probably just grab a easy English kind of conversation job and uh, or a university professor job if you had some credentials. And, um, yeah, you could live pretty comfortably. Yeah. Well, nice, man. Well, cool. Well, I mean, is there is there anything else that, you know, stood out to you while you're there on either trip that you want to talk about? Or, I mean, I know we covered a lot here, and um, I've always been a – really interested to find out more so 
Yeah, probably the big things would be literally everything is like different. It's like ups- I don't want to say backwards, but it's it's, yeah. it's the opposite. It's opposite world. So like walking out the front door of the apartment every day, I had to tell myself, okay, you're in a foreign country again, because you you go from being at home where you're everything's English and you know all that to suddenly like different language. You're bowing. Yeah. The bowing, the constant bowing. You're constantly apologizing. You're constantly saying thank you or hello or it's hot <laughs> or it's cold or whatever. Um, did you go yeah, to like the, a? Uh, you, did you go to like a cat bar or something? Oh uh, yeah, we've been to a cat cafe. Those are cool. Yeah, or cat uh, cafe. Yeah, and I, I think we had talked about the one with the owls. They have an owl cafe. Yeah, which that's is like scary. that sounds horrifying. <laughs> I think yeah. There's also like a. Yeah, there's a hedgehog cafe. There's ones with exotic <laughs> cats. It, I it would never work over here. People would be beating on the poor animals. Or something. Oh yeah, that owl wouldn't make it a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody's gonna Some, punch it or something. The owls. <laughs> somebody punched an owl. Yeah, but mm. probably the big thing was like people were super, super nice and super helpful. Like, um, you know, we mentioned the guy showing us to the the wrestling show back in '08, but literally every day you would have people going out of your way to help you like find something or just help you with whatever the case was. Uh, so people were super duper nice, um, yeah. even in a big city, but more so in a smaller place. Like if you're in a rural place, um, and if you, if you're nice, if you smile, if, if you bow, then, and if you speak a couple words of the language, then they just love you. And yeah, people are super <laughs> super nice like i can't i can't stress that enough so i think anybody that goes over there if they like uh it's a great place to go on vacation um yeah they could yeah yeah, like i think you could easily make some friends that you know and they'd be friends for life pretty much which you guys have i know your kids made some pretty good friends over there that they still they did um yeah never never get into a a gift giving war with uh, japanese people because they'll (laughs) Man, they'll beat you. Like, uh, really? Yeah, we like uh, his friends. Uh, they'll they'll send like two hundred dollars worth of Christmas presents to us. Like, <laughs> oh no! Yeah, each really? year we're like, oh shoot! I thought we were out of this. Now we're gonna have to go send them some stuff. And <laughs> oh, talking about that guilt thing again, I feel so guilty. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the shame awesome. never leaves you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It stays with you. But yeah, yeah, people are super duper nice and no matter where you go i think people like uh as long as you're nice and courteous then you can you can make some friends and they'll be yeah sure friends for life that's awesome man well that's cool dude i mean i'd 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 always wanted to talk to you more in depth about this now you you did do did you do most of the blogs i think you did a few of them but i know um your wife jennifer i I think she posted did some too yeah yeah it was a nice little breakdown did was it an actual like blog website or was it just Facebook? I don't remember. Just the Facebook group. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We decided to kind of keep it kind of close, like kind of closed off to just friends and family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since especially good. in some cases, I might be venting about my work situation over there, <laughs> and I was I think Facebook friends with some of the teachers. I wouldn't want them it's to probably see. Probably not good for the same place that makes you work. Uh, That's right. A week you for be the first r- ranting about your employer, or, or yeah, yeah. Or sometimes venting about, you know, crazy things in the culture that were driving you crazy. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, look, dude, thank thank you for doing this, really. Because, I mean, I, I find it fascinating, and I know there's probably more stories you could tell. And um, I think people will find it fascinating, more of a kind of an in-depth, certain um, viewpoint. I mean, you know, you, you 
it's it's not necessarily that you're in Tokyo and every day. And I mean, you, you were kind of in an outside um, area, more in a rural area, area, like you said. And I think that's kind of a uh, maybe a viewpoint that doesn't get highlighted as much. I mean, for sure, you know, you, you kind of think of Japan and you think of robot bars and you know, <laughs> <laughs> giant or the giant, you know. Hundred foot tall robot that's out there, the Gundam Dude, robot. Have you seen that? That's cool. We missed it. Like I'm every worried. time that we would have had a chance to see it, it was under repair. Was that there. sucker took a step? I think a few. I weeks did. Ago. Of course, like, it would. In twenty twenty, it's going to come take over. I mean, it took it like forty five minutes to take that step. But it did take a step. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. So. Oh, I, I, so here's your good trivia question though. Before we go, okay, um, yeah. There is one smell, like, Japan has a smell. Do you want to guess what that smell is? Oh, wow. So I'm assuming it's probably not what I... Probably not. Imagine. Is it a bad smell? Um, well, no. It's Lysol. <laughs> Shoot, that's a very reassuring smell. <laughs> I, 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 that was the first smell. Every time you get off the plane, you're like, oh, Lysol. And, That's amazing. Uh, it's the last smell you smell is Lysol. Any any train, any bus, any bathroom. Wow, Lysol. <laughs> so this this was pre COVID. That's even more amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, uh, so anytime you smell Lysol, it's like oh, it could be in a foreign country now. <laughs> yeah. Just keep a lot of Lysol in your house. You'll feel right at home. Yeah. Right so not Japan. the not the sushi or the fish or the rice or the cherry blossoms or green tea. No, it's Lysol. That's cleaning material. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you for joining us, man. Mm-hmm. And um. I swear we're going to do part two of that wrestling one. Well, now that we got now we got over this big hump, then yeah, we need to start no, I, research. And I do. I, I like our uh, I like our little side series that we do about random things and wrestling, and I'm sure we could come up with some more stuff too. So, but yeah, uh, yeah man, thank you, thank you for doing this, and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, by 2021, we should have part two out sometime. I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of exactly not, right. dude. It's nuts to think, you know, that's two months away, pretty much. So, but if we make it, the world's obviously going to end at the end of this year. So, yeah, just um, stay inside and watch uh, watch wrestling. <laughs> Follow the election. Yeah. Mm. All right, guys, we will talk to you later. Thanks so much.